Hello, dear friends. It's Carly, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad to be recording another one of these so soon. I've been very inspired these last few days. Uh, yesterday, I did all kinds of recording and video editing and getting stuff scheduled on the YouTube channel, and that all felt really good. And now again today, here I am recording on the podcast, and that is very indicative of the energy that is moving through me at this moment compared to, you know, about the month before that, where the energy was just very low. And so much of what I'm working on in my life and like learning kind of on an ongoing basis. One of those ongoing lessons for me is how to trust divine timing, how to trust like which impulse is the right impulse to be able to follow. Like, you know, how do I, how do I navigate to get the best results? And we talked about that a little bit in the last episode. And this morning I was you know, having a lovely morning and I come across a video that was called What is Passion? And this was on a channel on YouTube called Healthy Gamer GG. It's by a guy called Dr. K. If you've hung around my channel for a while, you've heard me mention Dr. K. He's a psychiatrist who specifically talks to video gamers and talks to them about their mental health and their life satisfaction and all kinds of things. But he puts it into language that they want to listen to him and they do and he helps them. And it's just such beautiful work that he does. And I've never been addicted to video games or even really enjoyed video games. And yet his channel is one of my favorites on all of YouTube. The content that he does is so rich with awesome information. It is just packed wall to wall, minute to minute with good information. And the way he breaks things apart, it lets you see it in a completely new way. Um, and so the, the, what is passion? That's what he was talking about today. So he broke it down into four components of kind of how to track down like what is your unique passion? And he, I love the way he sets it up as far as like, it's not really something that we find outside of ourselves. It's something that we cultivate inside of ourselves. And really the root of passion is self, self-understanding that like you can't get to your passion if you don't understand yourself. And so if you're starting from a place of, I want more passion in my life. I want to feel more passionate about what I'm doing in my day-to-day -day life, that there are steps that we as individuals can take and that basically those steps are getting to know ourselves a little bit more. And introspection and, you know, just self-development, self-understanding, self-acceptance are things that are just right at the top of my list of like my favorite hobbies to spend my time on. So that's probably why I love Dr. K's channel so much. But anywho, so he takes you through these and at the very beginning, just to kind of like layer my personal experience around these four points that I'm going to share with you, he he's going through, you know, talking about how passion isn't something that you know, there's not like steps we can take outside of ourselves to get to this particular destination and find our passion in the physical world. It's internal. It's something that happens in, inside of us that's kind of impromptu or 
you know, spontaneous. There's not really a direct scientific method that we can follow as humans to find our passion. And that all tracks and makes perfect sense with me. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which is his content seems to be so divinely timed following like what I'm already kind of contemplating because a few days ago and really in the last episode where we talked about transcendence and suffering, um, I've known from a very young age that, and at the beginning of his video, when he's talking about having your passion and knowing what your passion is, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking like, I know what my passion is. My passion is public speaking. And I told that story on the last episode and I've told, I've said that and I've claimed it in these last like year and a half, almost two years, especially since I started working with the life coach, like I've claimed it out loud that this is what I see for myself is a life of speaking and making a living using my voice. And that that's what I saw. And even going into his video, that was very clear that this is what my passion is. 45 minutes later, at the end of his video, that is not what my passion is. <laughs> that's not even a little, like, it's just one of the components of how I use my passion and what comes out of my passion. And like, that's not my passion. And that just feels like, like even for me as someone who feels like I am really passionate about what I do on a day-to-day -day basis most of the time, even already where I am right now, I'm like, wow, like look how far I got. And I hadn't even really tapped into owning what is my true passion and like sculpting my entire life around that. Because still I feel like I've reached for my passion is public speaking. I want to speak. I want to, you know, share a message and be heard by an audience. Like that's what I want. And that's just, that's just the outcome. That's just the side effect. That's just the byproduct of me doing what I'm truly passionate about. So I'm super excited to share that, but I'm first going to share these four factors so that, you know, wherever you are on this, this spectrum of like how passionate is your life? How passion-filled are your days? Are you experiencing moments of feeling so passionate about what you're doing like every day? Do you have moments like that a couple times a week? Do you remember this one time in high school when you felt that way and that was 30 years ago? Like where are you at? You know, like how passionate are you already? And that really like He's, he's putting forth that like passion as far as what it is, like actually it's not something to be found out in the world. It's something to cultivate inside of ourselves. And that passion is when these four components that we're going to look at line up. It's when you're this particular part of yourself and this particular part of yourself and all four of these parts of yourself are in harmony. So again, it comes back to self-understanding. And so each one of these things, we're going to just talk through it just a little bit. So the first one he talks about is spiritual. And this is a sense of deep inner work to really know, like down in your heart, what is fulfilling when you do it, what fulfills you, you know, like it could be helping people. It could be telling a story. It could be 
tinkering with your engine. It could be taking something apart and putting it back together to get to see how it works. It could be drawing on a blank sheet of paper and creating something out of your imagination and drawing it from scratch onto the paper. Like what, what fulfills you like, and a, and a good way to think about that, like fulfillment and kind of like passion is another one of those words where you're like, I feel like you're saying your passion is, is when you're passionate. Like, no, I'm not trying to be uh, vague here, but like another way to think about it is like, I think you're being fulfilled when you lose track of time, when you lose track of your cell phone and everybody else in the world. And like, when you forget that there is the rest of the world and you are consumed into your present moment, what you're getting to do right now, notice my choice of words, getting to do it. It is just like, there is nowhere in the world that I would rather be. Where is that for you? And I think that like for me, like that's a really helpful thing to notice when, you know, it's not like I all of a sudden I'm doing something and I'm like, wow, I'm so fulfilled. What I do know is like, there have been times where I'll like be in my, you know, editing a video or whatever. And I'm like really into my laptop and so consumed and I'll like look up and it's dark outside and like three hours have gone by and I didn't even notice. Like my phone has a million notifications on it because I haven't messed with it in three hours. Like that is being fulfilled, like in terms of the verb of like, being fulfilled in that moment. So kind of that's one way to think about it. So like that spiritual component of tracking down what is fulfilling to you. And then once you've tacked, like tracked into these moments of that was a fulfilling moment, then it's about unraveling what were the components of that situation, you know, and this is really important because, and I think this comes back to what I found as far as like, I used to think as in, you know, an hour ago and before, like my whole freaking life, I used to think that my passion is public speaking. And now I see that there's something so much deeper at play. He gives an example in the video about basketball. And the person who originally asked the question said, my passion is basketball. So, you know, they shared a lot of things, but at one point they said like, so if I was born a hundred years ago, basketball didn't really exist, would I have just kind of been shit out of luck? Like, is that like, there was really no basketball back then. So, and he's like, yes, basketball is your passion. But if you talk to people who are really successful at basketball and you ask them, why are you passionate about basketball? They'll talk about that. There's mastery to it. There's mastery involved. There's having a specific objective, like shooting a free throw and you can practice it and 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 tune your body to this particular task and get better and better and better and better. And the incremental improvements through your own dedicated practice and doing the mastery, like actively participating in mastering this task is actually what's satisfying. It really like, you know, basketball is one way that that could manifest, but you could just as easily take that same passion and apply it to lots of different 
career avenues. And so he, he really puts forth like really take your job and your career and how you earn a living and all of that and like set it to the side. That's really not helpful at the beginning of a passion conversation of like trying to find my passion. Um, we end up like trying to jump way too far ahead too fast. So if like take the job and the money and everything out of it and it's like, okay, so if that mastery or whatever is fulfilling to you, if that's like shooting a free throw a hundred times, you know, for a hundred days in a row, a hundred times a day for a hundred days in a row, that like that could find fulfillment regardless of what your job is. So like basically he's saying there's a way to carve it out. There's a way to like, you don't have to go full speed jumping from zero to a hundred miles an hour, like making, going from, I don't know what my passion is to my passion needs to be my whole life, like all in one day. So it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe carve out a time to this. I'm doing this thing once a week on purpose because I find fulfillment within it. He gave this other example about this person who really, really liked hosting dinner parties. That was like what they found when they looked through their life and were like, where do I feel the most fulfilled? Like I lose track of time and I lose track of everything. And I just am in the fun of what I'm doing, hosting dinner parties. <laughs> that's, that's what I like. That's my, that's my go-to thing. And as they explored that underneath, they found that there was actually a passion for experimental cooking. And when this person hosted dinner parties, they went and searched for like the best recipes that they could find that are going to just delight their friends and on and on. And they, they gravitated towards, well, I've never made this before and I want to try this. And this is a new ingredient I haven't tried and this method I haven't tried. And like they liked exploring in the world of cooking and dinner parties were a fun excuse to get to explore in the world of cooking. And now that like his version of the story is like they've they've worked at it over time like carving that out for themselves starting with like well I'm going to host a dinner party once a week because that's fulfilling for me to get to do that so I'm going to just put it on the calendar I'm going to invite my friends I'm going to make it happen for myself and through carving it out a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more this person is now I think he said content creator or like has a very successful food career um whatever that means that like basically they do experimental cooking at, for a living now. And it's, yeah, that's, that's what they want to do. That's their passion. And it's, you don't just host dinner parties. You can try new recipes and record a video and put it on YouTube and reach an audience. You could have a podcast, you could have a blog, you could like on and on and on with all of the different ways that if experimental cooking is what you enjoy, then do it and watch Based in my language, watch the universe unfold a path right in front of you as you take steps towards pursuing your passion, meaning carving out, I'm going to spend two hours a week on purpose making two new recipes that I've never made before. And I don't know who's going to eat them, but I'm going to make them because experimental cooking is my thing or whatever it is, you know, setting that with yourself. Like I'm going to make sure that I am carving out these fulfilling moments for myself at least once a week. Once you get there, like get some momentum under your belt, you know, like four to six weeks, like, wow. Yeah. Like I think twice a week, like I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to wake up an hour earlier and like do this and this before I go to work each day. And like you start coming up with ways to carve out more and more time in your life because it's so fulfilling. Like if you can, 
get yourself the scent of fulfillment, it will draw you in. Like if you bite onto the hook, like it will reel you in. So we're just looking through your past, through your entire life. Like what are the times that you have felt the most fulfilled? Where have you lost track of time, lost track of other people, lost track of any, anything negative whatsoever, because you're so consumed in the joy of what you're doing. So that's that first component of passion is your spiritual fulfillment. The second component is neurologic, neurological. So literally, what kind of brain do you have? Meaning he he says like, where does your dopamine, he said, what's your dopaminergic style, which is a word that I had never heard before, but I get it. Like, where do you get your dopamine hits from? Because like he's talking to video game people and I've played video games and it is the opposite of fun for me. It's stressful. It's scary. It's violent. It's like, it literally scares me. So there's no dopamine coming from video games for me personally. So it really does matter. Like where do your hits of pleasure and joy come from? And everybody's going to be different. And for this one, especially, it was so helpful because I think about like, when have I been the most out of my mind having fun? And the first thing that came to mind was this one Saturday last August in 2021, when I sat there for nine hours and I studied human design. I had never studied it before. I knew I was a manifester. I had pulled my chart one time and I knew that much, but I had never dove into like, what, what does it all mean? And I didn't even plan to do it. I I was wanting to make a podcast episode and I have this jar where I put all these topics that I want to talk about someday. So overwhelmed by all the, all the things I want to talk about. It was like paralyzing me. I couldn't start. So I'm like, I'm just going to put them all in here and then I'm going to draw one out. And that's the one I want to talk about. And all the rest of them will have their day. And I'm just going to start somewhere, just start with one. So I made this jar. And so I draw a thing out of the jar and the slip of paper that I happened to draw that day said manifester. And it prompted me to pull my chart. And that was when I noticed something on the chart that I had never seen before. And that was the incarnation cross. And my incarnation cross is the left angle cross of education. And the word education resonates for me really closely to the word learn, which is the name of my freaking podcast. And so at this point, August, this one Saturday in August, 2021, the word education jumped off the freaking page. Like I couldn't not know what it means to have the left angle cross of education. Obviously the word education, I'm getting some context clues, but I need more. I need to read about it. I'm sure somebody has something somewhere. Let me Google it. So I Google the left angle cross of education and I find a website and I read a paragraph that like literally opens this gateway for the next nine hours. I sat there and just, I devoured my chart. I learned what the gates and channels were. I learned what the energy centers were. I learned what, and so when I sit here and I think about where does my dopamine come from? that experience was highly addictive. And if I could recreate it every single day, I would. But that kind of like intuitive curiosity and perfect place, perfect time, learning exactly what you're ready and needing to learn, those, those circumstances, they align 
when I'm needing to learn something and I don't need to learn something every day. But that is absolutely like, holy shit, that was fun. That was like every single new piece of the puzzle that I unwrapped and put into place was like this rush of just like, oh my God, I'm sick with how much fun I'm having. It was so amazing. And so I was like, well, that's interesting because that day, yes, I did make two podcast episodes, but I only made the podcast episodes because I was so full of passion and fulfillment and power with what I had learned and what I had absorbed and the expansion that had occurred inside of me as a result of what I had learned that like the expansion naturally gave way to, I have to share this. And so I made the first podcast episode after I had studied for a couple hours. And when I got done making the podcast episode, I was like still just voracious with like, I need more. I'm still so curious. So then like, you know, eight hours, like four or five hours later, I made a second podcast episode with like, here's what I've learned since I made the last one a few hours ago. So it just, it was very helpful to think about like, where do your dopamine hits come from? And then he gives a couple more examples as far as like, what kind of brain do you have? Like, like somebody says, well, math, like what was your favorite subject in school? Math. Okay. Well, People usually like math because it's very orderly. There are rules. There's a specific answer. It's very discreet. There, you know, two plus two equals four. There's no argument. There's no emotion. There's just facts and order and boxes and neat little edges where everything fits together perfectly. I got a little bit of that. I got a lot of that, I'm going to say. So like that can be another way to look at it. Like, you know, what was your favorite subject in school? And once you have that subject, really get underneath it. Like, why, why, like, why does that subject fit inside your brain so well? And that can kind of be a reflection, a way to see what kind of a brain do you have? Um, So like orderly versus problem solving, like, you know, do you thrive in chaos and new circumstances? And, Uh, Do you have a tinkerer brain where you like to take stuff apart and put it back together and see how it works and see what's inside stuff? Like, I mean, what kind of a brain do you have? So like all of that is going to matter as far as when you're in your passion, your passion will take into account the brain that you have. So there is no such thing as well, I'm too distracted for my passion or my passion requires me to be focused and I'm too distracted and I can't do it. Like that's not a thing because if that's how you feel about it, then you haven't actually really refined your passion to its truest form because in its truest form, it fits perfectly inside the exact brain that you have. The third factor is physiologic. So on the kind of flip side of what kind of a brain do you have? What kind of a body do you have? What, and I would even go one step further and say, what kind of an energy body do you have? Like, how does your unique energy come and go? Are you a morning person? Are you a night person? Are you a, you know, work 12 hours and then take off for three days? Like he talked about, you know, people who, Uh, He gave two examples. There's like people who work on oil rigs and there's hospitalists and they like, you know, work for two weeks straight 
and they're on call the whole time or on the rig the whole time. And then they have two weeks off to like go home and just be a bump on a log for two weeks. Or do you want to work for eight hours, five days a week and spread it out more and spread out your downtime more? Um, so your body will tell you the answer to that question. Um, do you want a routine or do you like every day to be different? Do you like to wake up in the morning and feel, see what you feel like doing? Or do you wake up in the morning and want to have like, it's 6am. So I do this and it's 7am. So I do this and it's, so it's the same every single day. Do you have steady or fluctuating energy levels? Like is your energy reliable and consistent day to day or is it come in a burst sometimes and then other times you have low energy so again same as your mind when you are living your passion your passion will take into account exactly what energy body you have and it will not be a hindrance it will be perfect it won't matter if you feel like there's something wrong with your energy like i've beat myself up a lot in my lifetime as for having low energy or being kind of like just a depressed kind of person, like just physically low energy most of the time. Um, that actually, like I say all the time, like sometimes as souls, like, you know, like a bird, like would clip its wings on purpose. Like the bird intentionally sets itself up to not be able to fly because the bird's journey and true passion and mission is on the ground. And if the bird can fly, it will never walk around on the ground because flying's fucking badass, obviously. So the only way that that bird is going to incarnate and find its passion is if it clipped its wings. And for me, so much of my passion comes from contemplation and reflection and introspection and being with myself at like an intimate level of going deeper and deeper and deeper into my own consciousness. And that is really difficult to do when you're working 60 hours a week and taking care of a family of five and on and on and on, like so many other demands for your attention. Like I, I don't have the energy to do any of that. I don't, I mean, I don't want to work 40 hours a week. That doesn't work for me. I don't want to have kids, at least not right now, I don't have the energy to take care of them. So like that just doesn't sound like a very good plan to me. Um, and so it's like listening to your body, like your own physiology to say like, how am I designed? Because we created ourselves perfectly to line up with our passion, which is going to put us on this path of like our soul's mission and what we actually came forward to do in this world. And the fourth factor is environmental. So what type of environment is good for you? Where, where does your best energy come out of you? And what kinds of environments tend to rub you the wrong way? So like for this, I have, an, I have a friend, uh, Lauren, who I worked with at the software company. And she had this thing where if anyone was chewing anything near her, it just almost instantly sent her into a fit of rage. And at the software company, 
we had an open office plan. There was only two offices in the entire place, and there's 560 employees, the president and the CFO. They got offices, and the rest of us are in low-wall cubicles. Not even tall-wall cubicles, low-wall cubicles. So, I mean, to not have to hear somebody chewing something, either gum or food, like eating lunch at their desk or whatever, like that's just not a reality. Like in this environment, there will be people chewing all around you basically all day long. She also had a really hard time listening to people breathe too loudly. <laughs> so that was like also really, really, really aggravating to her. She was very sensitive to these sounds and it would almost immediately just fluster her and frustrate her and she would be squeezing stress balls to try to release this this anxiety and frustration that she was feeling inside of herself and didn't really understand like what the fuck like you know i just know it really bothers me well like all of this is giving her information in this example that like being in this kind of work environment is not suitable for you your best performance will never emerge here never it's not realistic this environment frustrates you and aggravates you and there is no way to change that about this environment it is what it is the only way to change that aspect is to go and put yourself in a different environment and again kind of like the the first factor where we talked about spiritual fulfillment it's like we don't have to jump from you know zero to a hundred all at once we don't have to go from you know lauren sitting in her in her low cubicle like about to explode because somebody's smacking gum next to her and the guy behind her is breathing heavy through his mouth. Um, and it just like is driving her up the wall. Like she can still go to work there, but in her off time outside of work, trying to find and make sure that she's cultivating environments that are pulling her best energy out. And again, same as spiritual fulfillment. Like if we can get the scent of setting ourselves up within these these parameters, honoring the way that we are wired and putting ourselves in situations that naturally allow ourselves to do well and thrive, that that reels us in. If we bite that hook, it will reel you in. So even just saying like, I, my favorite environment is this X, Y, Z or whatever. Like, let's say you do have a big family and you do go to work at an open office and you're just surrounded by people all the time. And you're realizing actually my best energy comes forward when I'm by myself. So what I need, my environment that I need is solitude. And right now my life has literally zero of that. So what I'm going to do to start small is I'm going to say, for two hours a week on, you know, whatever evening or morning or weekend or whatever time is the easiest place to start, I'm going to go and be by myself wherever I can. I'm going to, you know, go out to the lake and walk around by myself. I'm going to go to the movies by myself. I'm going to, you know, I, whatever it is like where you can carve out that time to have the environment that is right for you. Doing a little bit of that will feed your soul and that feeding your soul strengthens your soul. And it just gets easier and easier and easier to put yourself in the right environment and to carve out time for you to do that because you can feel that your soul is responding in such a positive way. So when I look at these four factors, spiritual, neurological, physiologic, and environmental, I, 
I really, I mean, I took his advice and like sit here with my journal and contemplate um, like each of these factors and how do I fit into each of these factors? And so like, just to give you just, I mean, I just wrote a couple words for each one. So like the first factor is spiritual and off the top of my head, expansion is fulfilling. Like thinking about that learning experience, like that, that Saturday learning human design that, I mean, it, I felt my consciousness expanding with every little bit that I learned. I felt myself remembering who I truly am and standing a little bit more in my power, expanding a little bit more to claim the power that is already inside of me. That expansion is fulfilling. And that is, again, the value of boiling it down to what really is it about the experience? Because expansion can come from so many different activities, not just learning expansion. I mean, it can come from reflection and conversation and on and on and on so many opportunities for expansion in this physical world. So yeah, no need to limit ourselves to thinking that there's only one way that we're going to find fulfillment. If we can really get to the heart of what is fulfilling about that experience on the second factor, like what kind of a brain do I have? I get bored so freaking easily. I need new I need stimuli like I need oxygen. And that makes perfect sense as you look at my natal chart and my sun, Mercury, and Venus are all in Gemini. My Saturn and Uranus are in Sagittarius. Like I need new territory. (laughs) Repetition will actually kill me. It will literally suck the life force out of my body. So that is something that I know about myself. I've always known about it myself. Like I get so bored so easily with even just one iteration of repetition. I'm already over it. I'm so over it. I can't even stand to repeat anything. I just forward, 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 new, 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 new. That's, that's how my brain works. The third factor for physiologic, um, <laughs> I wrote down that how my body works, how my energy works, I need to be able to rest at will 24-7. I want to have the option to rest 24-7, period. Like if I feel like resting, that is what I'm going to do. So that is how my body works. And that felt really good to like contemplate that in the setting of you will have the perfect body for the passion that you're meant to rendezvous with. That's going to put you in contact with your mission and on and on and on. Like you have the perfect body for exactly what you want to do. And for the fourth factor of environment, I wrote down that I like to be physically alone within my own energy bubble, but I love to connect with people online. I love to have conversations with people online. I I like to lecture and like make videos and stuff like that, but I also really, really, really do love to have conversations with people. I love like kind of going back to the Gemini side. Like I love to be surprised by other people. Like when I'm talking in my own right, like it's a little bit difficult to surprise myself and to be in awe of like the surprise, but other people, so rich in opportunity of surprising me. But at the same time, you know, I want I want them to surprise me. I want to converse with them. I want to hear their voice and, you know, feel their thoughts and their energy. But physically, it's just too much. It just like overloads my system to be physically in sharing space with other people. 
Um, like at this point, I mean, physically, the only person that I see every single week, every single day is Dolly. And otherwise, like there are a couple family members that I might see every few weeks in person. But for the most part, I'm with my animals and Dolly and my animals and Dolly. And that's it. And I love it like that. (laughs) I think that that's just the bee's knees. It's the cat's pajamas. And so I love this online world that we live in. And I secretly adore the cultural shift that came about as a result of the pandemic where so much is now available online. And that was kind of one of Dr. K's main takeaways out of that episode was like, the world is so quickly evolving that we get so hung up on, you know, either I don't know what my passion is, or I I'm looking at the menu of like everybody else's passion and I still can't find it. Or like, you know, you're trying to jump from, okay, I know what my passion is, or I think I know what it is. And now I'm trying to turn it into a job. That's kind of where I've been of like, I thought I knew what it was and I'm trying to see how it can like be my life. And then it's like, after listening to this episode, learning is my passion. Independent study is my passion. Consuming new information and understanding new ideas and new concepts. That is my passion. Public speaking is a byproduct. Teaching is a byproduct of like, when I'm learning, I get so on fire and alive that I can't not say it out loud. And that I've said before, that's why I started my podcast, because I was talking out loud in my office all by myself, not recording it. And I was like, God, you might as well freaking record it. Like, just just record it and put it out there. Like, what is it going to hurt? Like, you're already doing this. You're already like so excited by what you're learning that you have to tell the story of it out loud. Like, that's just the most satisfying thing you can do from that frequency and that place of being so alive with the passion of learning and expanding my consciousness. I open my voice and or I open my throat and like things come out. And that's a beautiful process that comes out of that place, but getting to the place and the heart of the place isn't about public speaking. It's about learning and being on fire with what I'm, what I'm consuming into my consciousness, like getting really excited about what, what I'm taking in and what I'm understanding because of it. So I hope that this has been helpful and fun. I highly, highly recommend, encourage, Uh, going through the four factors, spiritual fulfillment, what kind of a brain do you have? What kind of a body do you have? And what kind of an environment brings out your best energy? And sit with those thoughts and see if the concept of passion doesn't demystify a little bit. Like I also, as far as like, as I'm sitting here thinking about like, you know, my idea of spiritual fulfillment and my, my, like how my brain works and how my body works and how my, 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 what my preferred environment is. I very much, as I always do, put it into the language of astrology. And without even really meaning to, I assigned the five personal planets to these four components. So spiritual fulfillment, I say, look at your sun and moon. Those two pieces, I think, show us like on a daily basis where and what 
will be fulfilling to you. Your sun and moon will absolutely fill in that story for you. Neurologic, how your brain works, look at your mercury. That's literally what mercury means. It's like, how does your brain work? How are you wired to pay attention? What's fun for you to pay attention to? What are you naturally curious about? What do you not care at all about? All of that is going to be tied up in your mercury sign. Physiologic, so what kind of a body do you have? I would say look at your Mars. So I have a Mars that's in Pisces in the 12th house, and I do have very low energy. I have spurts of energy where a burst of energy will rise up and will carry me through whatever whatever task it is that I'm having the idea to complete. And then as soon as that energy wave has passed, it's back to the still sea. And it's like a perfectly calm ocean with very little, if to none, ripples and waves coming into the shore. And then every once in a while, oh my God, we got a swell. And there's 30 foot tidal wave coming in at us and a few more behind that are pretty big too. And now we're back to the still sea. So that's how my bar Mars works. That's how my body works. And that makes total sense with Mars and Pisces in the 12th house. And last but not least for the environment factor of like, what's your preferred environment? I would say, look at your Venus, which that has kind of come into focus as well around like one in astrology, Venus represents your values. And so like that tells you like what's important to you, all of that's kind of be wrapped up in that. But also on your gene keys, uh, Richard Rudd, as he created gene keys and kind of translated the planets and your human design reading and gates and all of that into the gene keys, he took your Venus placement and called it your attraction. So again, I think like what kind of environment brings out your best energy? Because when you are bringing out your best energy, you are attracting the life of your dreams. Like when you are in a cranky, crabby, curmudgeon place where you're totally dissatisfied with life, that's the energy you're sending out and that's what you're getting back. But when you put yourself in the right environment and you line up all these other factors and you're honoring the way that you personally are wired and built, that that allows your best energy to come out. You have the best chance possible at emitting a high frequency so that you can attract a high frequency back to yourself. So for spiritual fulfillment, look at your sun and moon, neurologic, look at your mercury, physiologic, look at your Mars and environment, look at your Venus. So that is what I got for you today. That was, I mean, again, I am so thankful for like, even just in my own personal journey of that was so freaking helpful to learn that my passion is not public speaking. My passion is learning. It's so much easier and less difficult. It's such a relief to know that like, I don't have to focus on public speaking. I just have to focus on learning cool shit and the rest of it will fall into place. However, it's meant to learning is really the point. So that's where I'm going to focus. And I'm going to keep making episodes about stuff that I learned because I, I think I've known on a, on a deep level all along that like really learning is what I'm passionate about. So today that clicked into place on a conscious level a little bit more than it ever had. And I had to share it with you guys because you're my favorite and it's what we do here. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, you take such good care of yourselves. And so will I.